Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Richard Clark served 30 years in the U.S. government, including an unprecedented 10 continuous years as White House official serving three consecutive presidents. In the White House, he was special assistant to the president for global affairs, special advisor to the president for cyberspace, and national coordinator for security and counterterror. Now he spends much of his time writing books, books of fiction that make very serious points. He was the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Against All Enemies. His brand new book is called Pinnacle Event. Let me just give you a paragraph as to what this is about before we welcome our special guest. The novel is centered around a whodunit premise in which dedicated, technologically proficient Douglas Dugout Carter a high-level, high-clearance American intelligence worker discovers a correlation between a pinnacle event, that's a nuclear detonation, that occurred two months prior, 
a subsequent $2.5 billion money transfer to five men and each of their respective mysterious deaths soon thereafter. Bringing back his former boss and director of Homeland Security, Ray Bowman, who spends his days in the Virgin Islands suffering from PTSD while bartending, the two discover that the five men were all members of a special board following the collapse of the South African apartheid government, collectively known as the trustees, and that each had a hand in the creation of South Africa's nuclear program and what happened to the weapons following the collapse of apartheid. This is Richard Clark. Mr. Clark, thank you so much for coming back to the program. Oh, Michael, it's great to be back with you. How was that summary of Pinnacle event that I just offered? I was wondering who wrote it. That's a great summary. Good, because I, I would like to give a shout-out. I love your fiction writing. I thoroughly enjoyed Against All Enemies. I have yet to crack the cover on Pinnacle Event. I have an exceptional high school student spending time with me this summer who's headed to the University of Chicago. His name is Brett Barbin. He read the book, and that's his summary. I thought he did a hell of a job. Well, no wonder he got into the University of Chicago. <laughs> Why do you continue to write works of fiction? Well, Michael, I love to read political thrillers and, uh, and spy thrillers. Uh, but frankly, when I read a lot of them, uh, I'm bothered by the fact that they're filled with inaccuracies. Uh, and they really most of the plots are crazy and could never happen. Uh, so when I started doing this, uh, this is my fourth novel. When I started doing it, it was a challenge to myself. Could I make a fun, interesting thriller that had a little humor, but had a lot of serious facts, true facts, and then just added a little twist to make it fiction. Uh, and the goal here is to have the reader have fun if they like a thriller and a spy story, but also learn a lot. And at the end of the book, say, wow, that's a lot to think about. That Some of those things could really happen. I was going to say, you are usually trying to awaken us to something that might not be on our radar screen. In Pinnacle Event, what is it that you want to warn us against? Well, there's a surprise ending. Uh, and the surprise ending is what I want to warn people about. And, and obviously, I can't tell you because it would spoil the book. Um, but that's exactly what I am trying to do. Can you, and, and it's up to readers whether I've succeeded or not, but can you have an entertaining, fun book? where you also learn something, uh, and in addition to learning something, are left with something to really think about. You have put on our radar screen previously your concerns over our vulnerabilities via the Internet. In fact, you've said everything is connected to the Internet. You could attack everything in our infrastructure through those means. Where are we in, in that big picture today? Well, we're not uh, not anywhere good. I think the, there's this new phenomenon called the Internet of Things that the IT industry is pushing uh, and is already well underway that is connecting every device in the world to the Internet. Uh, the electrical grid, you know, the electrical grid in your house, your car, airplanes, uh, cameras everywhere, uh, medical devices in hospitals, all 
connected to networks, which ultimately are connected to the Internet. And they're doing this before they've figured out how to secure the, the networks. This is the history of this. Beginning in the mid-1990s, we've rushed to put everything on, on the Internet or on a network that is ultimately connected to the Internet. And when the security guys say, oh, you can't do that yet because you haven't figured out how to secure it, they say, well, we'll get around to that later. Let's deploy it first. Is your concern the concern that that government has not done what it needs to do to protect us against that kind of a cyber attack or that the private sector is thus far unwilling to avail itself to such an effort? In other words, they have concerns about their competitors being able to tap into what they're doing, and they therefore are reluctant to play a role in some kind of a nationalized defense against cyber attack. Well, there's a massive amount of mistrust between government and industry. And the Snowden revelations uh, just increased that mistrust. Uh, so that the one agency that can really help on these sort of things is the National Security Agency. But after the Snowden revelations, rightly or wrongly, um, a lot of people, particularly people in the IT industry in Silicon Valley, don't trust NSA. Uh, and that's a real problem, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. You know, we have this rather interesting phenomenon happening uh, in the next few weeks in Washington where the Patriot Act is about to expire. And with it, the, the so-called uh, telephone metadata collection program. And the House, on a bipartisan basis, Michael, you know this never happens anymore, a bipartisan base, basis in the House, they passed a bill to change uh, that NSA program and make NSA and the FBI go to a court and get a search warrant in the future. And no longer would the government hold the records in its own computers. That's a big step toward privacy rights. But the Senate is having a lot of trouble agreeing to that. Uh, and people like Majority Leader Mitch McConnell are saying, no, let's keep it the way it is. And which of those bodies has the right idea? Well, I'm with the House on this because it's my recommendation. Um, you know, President Obama put together a, a panel of <clears throat> five men, unfortunately it was five men, um, to review the Snowden revelations and to figure out what to do. We recommended that the government stop collecting this data uh, without search warrants. Uh, we recommended that they have to go to the court, and we recommended that the data no longer be held in government computers. That's what the House has passed. Uh, and we'd like to see the Senate do it, too. Were there any instances in which the the phone record metadata were instrumental in preventing terror attacks? No, no. That's the other interesting fact. Uh, they used the phone metadata. And, and just to define that for people, we're not talking about listening to your phone calls. It's getting the, like your phone bill, the to and the from and the how long. You know, Michael called Dick and they talked for 12 minutes, that sort of thing, on this time and this date. Uh, no, there were 50-some uh, cases where they used the metadata, but in each of those cases that we looked at, and we looked at them in detail, they didn't need it. Uh, it wasn't uh, necessary. The outcome would have been the same, both in terms of speed and a result, uh, without the metadata. I recently had Hank Paulson on the program, the former Treasury Secretary, the former head of Goldman Sachs, who's written a brand new book about China. And I told him that I thoroughly enjoyed the book and it gave me great insights in terms of how Americans and American businesses go about trying to do business in China. But that in a respectful way, I said he hadn't really addressed the subject of Chinese espionage. 
You, on the other hand, have been quoted as saying that the biggest threat to the United States right now is Chinese economic competition, not because of their innovation, but because the Chinese government is the worst offender in terms of going into American companies and stealing our research. Will you speak to that? The Chinese government has a very large military unit in the People's Liberation Army uh, that works every day, usually 9 to 5 Beijing time, which is one of the ways you know it's them, uh, hacking their way into companies, private companies, not just in the United States and Canada, but around the world. And any information, however you know, ephemeral it is, they take and quickly hand off to Chinese companies that are competing. And so if you're an American company, the Chinese competition has your entire playbook uh, and all of your intellectual property, all of your research and development. They know going into a negotiation what you're going to do, what your bottom line is. Uh, And over time, uh, this puts Americans out of work. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. A week ago, the big news was that we'd gone into Syria. The Delta Force apparently was the entity that did it and were able to kill the the CFO of ISIS, also capture his wife and supposedly take home a treasure trove of information. Not more than 24 hours then transpired, and we were greeted with the news that ISIS had now taken control of Ramadi. What's Richard Clark thinking in terms of what we need to be doing today in Iraq? Well, the sad story about Ramadi, this is where hundreds of American soldiers and Marines died uh, to liberate that city, and now it's back in the hands of terrorists. But in addition to that, other big cities have been under their control for over a year now, almost a year. Mosul, which is a city of, well, was a city of two million people, it's probably a city of one million by now, uh, is under their control. Fallujah, another city where Americans died, big city, uh, it's under their control. Raqqa in Syria. Michael, they actually have an Islamic state. This is not an aspiration. They've created it. They've got a big chunk of land, much bigger than dozens of countries that we recognize. Uh, they have probably two million people under their control, which is much more than uh, you know 20 countries we can name uh, that are UN members. They have an Islamic state. After 9/11, we said we'd never accept another terrorist sanctuary nation where terrorists could train uh, and could plot to come and attack us in Europe and the United States. Well, that's what we have. We have a terrorist sanctuary nation uh, that is in Iraq and Syria, crossing the border and controlling big cities. We've got to figure out a way of uniting enough forces in Iraq uh, to start evicting them. And frankly, uh, the, the four factions that are fighting uh, there, the, the Kurds, the Sunnis, the Shia, and the Americans, um, won't cooperate fully. Uh, and American policy has a lot of constraints on it. We won't arm the Kurds. Um, we won't um, put American advisors near the front to call in airstrikes. I think we need to review a lot of those constraints and maybe even maybe even, I say this with a lot of hesitation, maybe even consider working with uh, the Shia militias uh, to evict these terrorists. You need a scorecard, especially if, if you're a neophyte, a civilian like myself, just to keep track of in what nations were on which side, which might not be the case when you step across sovereign boundaries. It's a full-time job, uh, keeping up with what the group is where and which, which country is backing uh, what force in, in Yemen, in Libya, uh, in Syria, and Iraq. But for Americans, the fundamental question is, why do we care, right? Why do we care? Why we went in, it didn't work. Bush went in, we won't rehash all of that, but it didn't work. And we shouldn't have gone in the first place. We made a mess. And now the question is, why should we still be there? Well, I think the answer is only in a limited way. And we should be there in order to make sure the terrorists don't set up a sanctuary where they can attack us, which is what they will do uh, if they can take control of this territory, maintain it, and set up bases. When you write a book like Pinnacle Event, do you need to get it cleared by the government? Because even though it's a work of fiction, so much of what Richard Clark is telling us is based on fact. Every word has to go through uh, review because I once held all sorts of funny top secret and above clearances. So 
for for a lifetime. Apparently, I have to submit every book. And I asked them, really, every book, even fiction? And they said, well, if you write uh, a cookbook, uh, no, you won't have to submit it. But Michael, I, I can't even, you know, cook a hamburger, so uh, that's not going to happen. Well, what's that process like? Do you at least work? It's almost like working with an editor, I would imagine. Does the same person or group of people perform that role for book after book of yours? Yes. Uh, you. The, the rule is that you turn in the draft to the agency that you worked for, which is the White House. Uh, and then the White House reviews it, and if they have any questions, then they throw it into uh, a process that involves CIA, FBI, the State Department, and the Pentagon. And it's not just me. You know, there are hundreds of people writing books who used to have clearances. So there's actually a group, that uh, interagency group uh, of people uh, that get together, and they have rules. Uh, thankfully. So it's not, in, in, not entirely arbitrary what they take out. But in one book, I said the CIA recruits heavily from the Mormon religion, and the CIA took that out. So I substituted the CIA recruits heavily from uh, a religious group in Salt Lake. And they accepted that? Well, I haven't heard anything from them. You know, I'm I'm picturing uh, Robert Redford in Three Days of the Condor. I'm sure you remember it when he says, you know, what do you do for a living? I read. There must be some brownstone in, in Georgetown where all they do is read books like that, which have been authored by Richard Clark. Well, you know, that would be a great job uh, by Richard Clark and a hundred other people. Uh, if that job exists, I, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people who would like to take it. Three Days of the Condor with Faye Dunaway. Uh, and Robert Redford is one of my favorite movies. Fabulous. Yeah. The new book is called Pinnacle Event. The uh, the intern headed for the University of Chicago gives it five stars, and I am sure I will, too. Well, he's, he's a very smart guy, and he's going to have a great success <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> Richard Clark, thank you so much. I'll see you soon on TV. Thank you, Michael. Uh, it's funny. Well, there you go. See, our interns, they're kicking some serious butt, aren't they, guys? That they are. Brett. And to get a Brett, nod Brett could from, be, from Richard Clark is not a bad thing. Yeah, Brett could be blurbing his uh, his next he book might, if he plays his cards right. He could be blurbing. He could be uh, reviewing. He could be writing about it. Yeah, I think I think it's a total in. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.